Welcome to Beyond Blathers, the podcast where we dive deeper into the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. I'm Olivia de Bercier. And I'm Sophia Osborne. And if you want to support the show, check out our Etsy shop at etsy.com slash shop slash beyond blathers. And in case you missed it, we're running a sale at the moment. 20% off our Nautilus and Atlas Moth acrylic keychains, as well as our handmade needle felted sunfish ornaments that were made lovingly by Olivia. So the sale ends September 1st. Make sure to check it out. So this week we are going to be talking about sea grapes, which is like the cutest sounding thing ever. Yeah, it's such a cute name and they honestly do look so much like grapes, which is exciting to me because I love grapes. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, um, I'm excited to be doing an episode again. And I don't know. I mean, I apologize in advance. There's not like a ton of information about sea grapes because they're actually more like common as I guess a food. Like if you look it up, most of the articles and things like that will be about, you know, them as a culinary experience rather than as a plant because yeah they're they're a really popular food item so it's kind of like if we were doing an episode on grapes or something but still (laughs) there is like one really 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 cool fact about them that I'm excited to talk about so yeah oh okay but I was wondering Olivia I feel like it's not common in North America but have you ever tried eating sea grapes no I honestly have never heard of them until the game so yeah. they are a brand new organism in my radar now. Yeah, I've never tried them either. And I also asked my my friend and roommate who her mom's Japanese and, you know, she's been to Japan and everything. And I was wondering if she had tried them there or maybe her mom had prepared them or something. But she'd not even heard of them either. So I don't know if, if you're a listener and you're like from Japan or the Philippines and you've eaten sea grapes before, let us know, like. DM us or something or like comment on our Instagram or Twitter because I would just be really interested to like know if you like them and I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, they sound good. I don't know, probably just because of the name grapes. Like I'm just imagining like like seaweed in the shape of a grape, like that flavor, like the yeah. little thin seaweed snacks I get. Well, that sounds good. I'd be down for that. Yeah. I mean, I feel sad that I can't like explain to everyone really what they taste like, but yeah. Maybe one just day. Just have to imagine it and just keep our eye out on the menus. But but let's talk about the, the sea grapes in the game. So let's hear what Blathers has to say. So if you bring sea grapes to Blathers, he'll say, Sea grapes are a marine algae that look much like their landlocked namesake. That is, they are green pearl-like orbs that cluster tightly along underwater vines. And sea grapes, like regular grapes, are a popular snack food too, albeit of the saltier variety. Fans of the briny delicacy enjoy the way the shiny pearls pop when chewed. It makes one wonder whether sea grape juice might have some appeal. Twould leave the drinker with sour grapes, I suppose. <laughs> that was a long one, but... Yeah, and I we've gotten some it. indication as to their taste. They're salty. Yeah, they're definitely, like, apparently they taste like a little, like, grape of the sea. Like, definitely, like, sea-tasting. Okay, Yeah, but I'll get into it a bit. But first, I guess, I don't know, the the shortest little tangent about taxonomy, (laughs) like literally so short. (laughs) So the the sea grapes scientific name is the Calurpa lentilifera, I think. 
And it's a type of siphonous algae, a type of like green algae. So in Japan, it's often called umibudo or sea grapes. And it can also be called green caviar. Like I think sometimes in English it's called green caviar and also in the Philippines, which is also a very cool name and makes it sound very fancy. And like Bother said, it looks like bunches of green pearls. It, two things that it reminds me of are like the string of pearls plant that I feel like is very popular with like people who like houseplants. And also the popping bubbles you can get in bubble tea, like not the tapioca bubbles, but like lychee bubbles and stuff like that. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. I was like, could I put this in my bubble tea? Like, what do they, what's, what are sea grapes normally used in, in terms of dishes? Yeah, for sure. Well, I don't know if I would use it in bubble tea because they're definitely like savory, but (laughs) that could be fun too. But yeah, in Japan and some parts of Southeast Asia, particularly the Philippines, it's used as a snack or garnish. So in Japan, it's used a lot in salads, on sushi, on top of rice bowls and noodle dishes. And yeah, it's supposed to have like a a seawatery flavor that goes well with soy sauce or vinegar. And like Blather said, the little bubbles pop in your mouth. And people in Japan call this puchi puchi, which is like the sound of the pop. Like they call, yeah, like they call the popping <laughs> sensation the puchi puchi. I just think that's like so cute. And I love, yeah, I love the onomatopoeia there. Yeah. Oh, that's really cute. So are they grown in the wild or are they farmed when they're, you know, when you can buy them at restaurants and things like that? Yeah. So like, They do grow in the wild in tropical areas of the Indian and Pacific Oceans. So like all the way from Vietnam in the south through Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore, Indonesia, the Philippines, Papua New Guinea, and then like as far north as Okinawa in Japan. That's like the farthest north that they grow in the wild. And Okinawa is the most famous place where these sea grapes are like cultivated and served. But in Okinawa, the farming of the sea grapes is a, is a big deal, and it's centered on the island of Miyako. And they're farmed in greenhouses filled with tanks of water where they can grow the sea grapes. So, like, inside these greenhouses. And new seedlings take three or four days to grow roots. And then in the summer, it takes 25 to 30 days for the sea grapes to ripen. And in the winter, it takes about 40 days because they're a bit heat sensitive. But with these greenhouses and these tanks of water, they can be grown year round. But yeah, I don't know. I just think it's it's really cool. I'm definitely going to put like Okinawa on my list for when I one day get to visit Japan because Japan is the number one place on my travel bucket list for when I guess things go back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. This is really cool. And like I've never really heard of a greenhouse for aquatic plants. I feel like I've never really seen that on an agricultural scale. So that's really cool to hear about it. I'm sure it exists in other places. Like, yeah, I really can't think of another example. I wonder if they do the same thing for seaweed, like you were saying, like for seaweed snacks. I mean, I guess it would probably be easier to harvest them, right? And like there's less stuff living in it that you have to get out. I would expect. Yeah, totally. I don't know, I'm guessing here. (laughs) And the temperatures is, is a big thing too. I'm not sure if it's the same for seaweed. Yeah. But okay, so the number one thing that I wanted to talk about with the sea grapes is the fact that they're actually a single-celled organism. What? 
So like I first read this fact and I thought, oh, okay, like the little grapes are each one cell. But no, the whole algae is just one cell. Like the stem and all the little grape parts is all one cell. And it has many nuclei, which is like the the like brain of the cell, I guess. So some siphonous algae, including the sea grapes, can reach meters in size, making them the largest single cells on Earth. Oh my gosh. So they can just like expand and it's like multiple strands coming off that are like meters long. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, and it is all one <laughs> huge cell. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, when I think of, like, large single-celled organisms, like, I'm pretty sure slime molds are single-celled, I think. And that's, I thought those were pretty big. So that's interesting to hear. And now I have to Google this. Slime (laughs) molds single. (laughs) I don't want to say something wrong. Oh, okay. So they can live freely as single cells, but can aggregate together to form multicellular reproductive structures. Oh, interesting. That's straight off Wikipedia. (laughs) <laughs> want to cite my source there. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so like these are even bigger than that by a long shot. And so how is that possible? Yeah, it's such a good question. Like I read a really good scientific article from the Okinawa Institute of Science and Technology where they explored how this amount of differentiation within one cell is possible because like you've got different structures all in this mm-hmm. one cell. So first to kind of explain it, we need to talk about the anatomy of the sea grapes. So they're composed of two main structures, the fronds and the stolons. I think it's stolons. I don't know. It might be stolons or something. And so it's ba- those are basically like plant leaves and stems. So the fronds are the pretty little like grape-like parts and the stolons are like the stems that you see these fronds growing off of. This research done by these scientists at the Okinawa Institute of Science and Technology showed that while they're all one cell with no physical barriers, there was a difference between the gene expression in the fronds and the stolons, which they said was really unexpected. So they found that the genes involved in things like respiration and photosynthesis were more highly expressed in the grape-like fronds, whereas genes related to DNA replication and protein synthesis were more expressed in the stolons. So this is super similar to land plants. Oh, that's so cool. So like... I don't know. That seems like some sort of weird convergent evolution, but like in the weirdest way. (laughs) Yeah, it is. They were talking about that. Like the scientists were really remarking that this can tell us a lot about evolution since they both kind of developed these structures. Yeah, convergently. Oh, wow. And yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, convergent evolution refers to features that have shown up in two different organisms that are really, really differently related. And those features showed up separately along the evolutionary history. So like, for example, um, like a like wings in uh, birds and wings and bats, like birds and bats are totally like very different animals, but they both evolved wing structures to fly or like duck bills in ducks versus like a platypus. Like they're very different animals, but they're both like, you know, filtering water and whatnot. So features that have shown up similarly over time. But anyway, I figured I should define that. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it helps to show that that is like a really, I guess, effective adaptation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. So how is it possible for the different parts to look so different? Yeah, that really confused me. But 
as they explained in their research, so it's it's one cell with lots of different nuclei, and it seems that the sea grapes have an expanded set of genes, including genes that code for nuclear transport regulators. So in multicellular organisms, there are transport regulators that make it so that whole cells only receive certain signals. But in the sea grapes, these transport regulators do this for individual nuclei in a single cell. So instead of for each different cell, it's for each different nuclei in this one cell. So this allows single cells to have all these different complex shapes within them. Sorry, just to interrupt and and clarify this. So those transport cells, they're like carrying around those genes and they're carrying around information. And normally there would just be the same information carried around different, like a whole cell, like cell to cell. But instead it's like within that cell, they're all getting different information and different DNA transported. Um, yeah, it's basically like the the transport regulators can kind of like tune the frequency of cells. So like, oh, okay. kind of like a radio. So like you would only get like one station. So it'd be like, oh, you, you know, you're, you need to be tuned into this signal and then this cell needs to be tuned into a different signal. Oh. And so it differentiates the cells, right? And makes them mm-hmm. like express different things. But in this case, these regulators work on like a nuclei level. So they can go around to all the different nuclei in this one cell and and tune them so that they can be like, oh, you're going to be like a frond and you're going to be like a stolen, you know? That's so cool. And you're going to be like expressing different genes. And then the other thing that helps is that compared to other green algae, sea grapes have extra genes to code for homeobox proteins, which help regulate the development of plants. So these can turn genes on and off and shape an organism's physical structure. So they kind of have more ability to like turn genes on and off. But yeah, it's cool because in sort of the discussion of this research, it really will help sea grape farmers to increase frond growth and have better yield and they also hope it will make it so that they're able to grow sea grapes that are more resistant to drought and changes in temperature and other environmental change so yeah like a lot of this research and everything does come down to agriculture and like how we can get better yield from this food that we grow but yeah so I thought that was kind of interesting because I feel like we haven't done a lot of like food organisms yet (laughs) yeah (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. Wow. What a what a neat little animal. I was not expecting that from sea grapes. I wasn't really expecting anything, actually. I like did not know what what to expect. That's great. Oh, well, thank you, Sophia. And thanks to everyone for listening today. Don't forget to check out our 20% off sale over at our merch store at c.com slash shop slash beyond blathers. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Beyond Blathers. And of course, don't forget to tell your friends about us your fun animal loving friends or even people who just need to appreciate the little things a bit more like the bugs and the fish and dinosaurs maybe i don't know maybe dinosaurs need some more love anyway tune in next week to learn more about the insects fish and fossils you can find in animal crossing new horizons bye bye